Wealth Within offers a range of investment and educational services to help you secure your financial future. Whether you're an aspiring trader or simply want to increase the strength of your portfolio, Wealth Within are dedicated to maximising your investment returns. Hello and welcome to Talking Wealth. I'm Dale Gillam, the Chief Analyst at Wealth Within, and welcome back to the Psychology of Investors and Traders, Part 3. I wanted to continue on with the theme that I've had from my last couple of podcasts, which is really about the psychology of the market, so to speak. And I wanted to talk a little bit more about some areas that people should know about and and should plan for. But as as I've mentioned in my previous podcast, often people will follow the herd or do what everybody else is doing. And you know the old saying that the amateurs buy at the top and the uh, and sell at the bottom, where the professionals buy at the bottom and sell at the top. And that's the way with. Everything within, as far as investing, whether it's property or shares or, or some other investment, you really want to buy the investment when nobody else does, and sell it when everybody and sell it to somebody else when everybody wants it. Whereas a lot of investors wait for things to happen, and that's part of our security basis. A lot of us want guarantees that we're going to make money, and really those people that have that little bit of bravado in them that are willing to take a little bit of a chance, so to speak, or buy something when it's not popular actually get out the best returns and so it's like I know several years ago I bought a property um, here in Melbourne it was a rundown old property that I was thought well this is great I'll, I'll put a development on that and nobody wanted property in that time and we've got the property really really cheaply and we sat on it and for three three years we got made no money out of it really and it was costing us a little bit of money obviously we were getting rent but were costing us a little bit of money getting the property ready but then the market boomed in Melbourne and, and we more than doubled our money in about seven years and it's, it's, you know, to me, it's about looking at those investments. I'm not making an example of that just to, to make myself sound like I'm a great investor, especially into property, because that's not my expertise. But at the end of the day is property, we know property always goes up. Well, sorry, it doesn't always go up. But uh, if you, you know, hold a property for 10 years, you'll make money out of it. You hold shares for 10 years, you'll make money out of it. So the whole idea is to buy them when they're down and, and sell them when they're up higher because at the end of the day, we need to make capital out of this or get our capital growing out of the, the investment, obviously, to build our wealth. And until the money's in our bank account, it's really not ours. But just more specifically on the share market, and it's a well-known fact that the Australian share market has lows every four to five years, and they're generally in the order of somewhere between around 20%. And then approximately every 20 years or so, we have a crash, which is around the order of 50%. I mean, the last crash we had was in 1987, which the market fell 50%. And we've had other crashes prior to all of that. And we know that the market actually does do these things. But people tend to stick their head in the sand and think, well, it's not going to happen this time. The market's going to go bullish. And right now, here we are in the middle of August. The market's been going up strongly since March. The last two weeks, it's gone vertical, basically, and people are now starting to think, oh, look, I'll get into the share market now because it's obviously bullish and it's going to keep going bullish. And those people will get in the market now only to see the market fall over in the, in the next few weeks or, or next month or two. And then they'll wonder why they bought in because then they'll start guessing or regretting their decision or what they call bias remorse because it'll fall away. And the time is to buy when nobody else wants it. To me, in this bull run, the time was to buy, starting to buy in, in that March period um, and into April. And that's where we were buying for some of our clients at, or buying for our clients to get into the marketplace because that's when not everybody wanted to get in. It's like standing at the MCG on grand final day uh, and hearing the siren going, but you're blindfolded and you don't know whether it's the start of the game or it's the end of the game. And if you're standing at the gate, you want to know which way the crowd's going to go because you want them following you. So if you're buying a share, you want the crowd coming in behind you. If you're selling, you want, still want them to coming in behind you. You want to sell before them and buy before them. But if we know that the market has a low every four to five years, then we can do something about that. So investors and traders that understand this know how to avoid the market downturns and profit from them. 
And they also understand that investing is about risk, and it's only the investor's ability to manage the risk that ensures that they profit. But this brings up another challenge for investors. The amount of investor has to invest in, in tends to change their perception of the risk they're taking and the research and the education required to manage that risk. And I know I talk to people all the time and they say, oh, look, I'm going to trade CFDs. I want to trade CFDs. And can you help me there? And I say, why do you want to trade them? And they go, I've only got a thousand or two thousand or five thousand dollars. I don't have much money. Um, so I can use a little bit of money and trade CFDs. To me, that is totally the wrong thinking because most people don't even have the education to trade CFDs. If you can't buy and sell shares and make money out of shares with your research and your analysis, then you should never ever go to some market like options, warrants, futures or CFDs just because you've got a little bit of amount of money. But at the end of the day, it's usually easier to swallow a $1,000 mistake than, let's say, a half a million dollars mistake. I mean, let's face it, people spend far more time determining which property to buy than which share to buy. If you're going to spend half a million dollars on a property, even though you're borrowing most of it from the bank, how much time do you spend researching your options on that property? How many auctions do you go to? How many open houses do you go to? How many real estate agents do you talk to? How many? How much research do you do on picking on the best suburbs and the best growth areas and uh, the types of things you want? And the answer is always a lot more than what most people do with the share market. But the process taken to invest 500000 or $1,000, in my opinion, should be exactly the same as they both represent the same amount of risk in the terms of you're risking a percentage of your money. Given this, irrespective of the amount of money you have to invest, you should always take the same amount of time researching your options to ensure you are protecting your capital each and every time. Because in the end of the day, to me, it's what you don't lose that determines how much you make. I'll leave that with you with part three. And next week in part four, we'll delve into this subject even more. I'm Dale Gillam, the Chief Analyst at Wealth Within. Take care. You've been listening to Talking Wealth, and I look forward to chatting with you next week. Bye-bye. Talking Wealth was brought to you by Wealth Within. To learn how you too can maximise your investment returns, call 1300 SHARE TRADE.